Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 793. Well, uh, Kyle, do you have anything interesting on the Nerdist Community Court? I do. I got a cool one. Nerdist Community. Uh, This is uh, from uh, Ben and Laisha McHugh. Damn Uh, right it is. Laisha is a stay-at-home mom who wanted to find ways to keep working, and she saw all of those uh, things like loot crates and all the companies like that and started her own box like that, and it is called the Confetti Post, and it is party stuff in a box. What a great idea. And she idea. Like, goes through, and it's basically, you can send this to somebody and say, like, hey, are you having a bad day? Here's everything to have yourself a party all I, in one box. I really was hoping it would just be confetti and you open it and it explodes. I maybe oh first went God. to this product because I thought it was that, and then was like, oh, this is a quality product even if it's not a confetti cannon that you send <laughs> someone in the mail. I'm sure she puts confetti in there. Oh, yeah, sometimes. for sure. That's, so uh, what's that's the... If Don't go- put glitter, though. That shit gets everywhere. <laughs> you find it behind your eyeballs like a month after you even Please came in contact with glitter it. glitter to the following address. It's like, glitter is like clown herpes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just can't fucking get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell you because I had sex with that clown and I got both. Oh. Regular and clown herpes. Oh, well, at least it was funny. Yeah. When they pulled all those uh, handkerchiefs out of my butt, I was pretty impressed. All right, I, I think you in went the one middle step of their far. No, I don't think I did. All right, I don't you're think I did. Stick with it. Yeah. All right. Look, you got to stand behind your art at some point. How do you find <laughs> oh, it? Oh, that oh, is. You, go, <laughs> you go to theconfettipost.com, uh, and uh, and they have different sizes and options for any you know kind of party situation you might want. I think it's a super cool product. I think it sounds product. rad, and I'm I'm very excited for that someone thought you know I want to do something with my time. Uh, uh, and this is something that I'm going to create. She built her website. She's got all the pieces for it. Like, and she's she's killing it. She's shown that you can be a stay-at-home hope mom. She, hope she built it on cool Squarespace, where she could get ten percent off at checkout at checkoff at checkoff. Ten percent off at checkoff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Katie, I want to plug Joseph, who co-owns uh, Side One Dummy Records. He, and also he hosts Complete Control Radio. And is the nicest man in the world. Really, yeah. One of the nicest My guys. Buddy he has Joe. He has a podcast called Rad Parenting. Mm-hmm. And it's he talks to people about being parents and about being parents today, especially you know as a comedian, as, as someone in entertainment, or just what it's like. And it's really great. It's really, really interesting. So I think if there's anyone out there who has kids or is thinking about having kids, they would love it. You can find it at rad-parenting.com or on iTunes. Well, I should probably listen to it because, uh, you know, Lydia uh, wants me to get her all pregnant one of these days nice <laughs> not now we'll be married for a little bit no and then when i'm like 62 then... <laughs> perfect age right yeah that's the Can ideal situation yeah uh grandpa dad um at least you don't have any old stand-up bits about how that's crazy that would come back to haunt you and your children don't think i haven't thought about that <laughs> as being a real danger that i have wonky oh, sperm man. Swimming around in there, just swimming in circles. That's gonna second your kid turns thirteen, I'm sliding him that comedy death ray compilation. Somehow, just uh, one lucky sperm that's got like a side rudder that just trips into the egg. It's pushing another sperm in a wheelbarrow. They're like a team. Yeah, they're they're crushing tiny sperm cans on their sperm heads. And uh, and and somehow yeah. just flounder their way. I just imagine they all have old man wizard beards. Yeah, and they just sort of stumble in. Yeah, this is gonna be. It's like it's like they. Uh, my sperm's gonna be like the two drunken spring break douchebags who uh, hit the jackpot at the Tropicana <laughs> and then blow it all by yeah. Sunday. Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> Your future children. Oh, yes. Uh, by the way, this episode is Melissa Rausch. Ooh. Uh, Melissa Rausch is awesome. She was uh, in the Gersberms video, the Hard and Firm Gersberms video, and so we got to be acquaintance then. She's an incredibly talented, incredibly cool human being, 
And, uh, and her and movie looks real funny. The Bronze. That yeah. is a great trailer. Great trailer. Uh, she's great in it. Co-wrote the movie. Because she gets shit done. Be like Roush. Yeah. Roush. I fully support it. As uh, somebody who's one half of a writing team couple, I'm all for her and her husband writing that movie together. It looks really funny and they seem real cool. <laughs> Episode number 793 with Melissa Roush. Woo! Now entering Nerdist.com. You actually don't Literally, look the like the production no. office for the after show is like no right way. there. I just walked by the set. They're building it. Yeah. I'm just. I'm gonna go. You, get, you, go. you don't you look like go. a real housewife of any city. You look like you look like a cool, normal person. I appreciate that. Look like you got your jacket at All Saints. You have a great time with your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't understand the five finger ring uh, that says "suck it" on on there, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's all in diamonds. How you been? How are you guys? Good. It's so good to see you. Thank good. you nice so to much see you for too. Thank you for being Hi. here. Matt. How are you? Have I met before? No, we haven't. Met. She's been on, but I haven't. Hi. Yeah, Melissa. Well, she was on, technically was on, because we did a, the panel at Comic-Con yeah. a few years back. I count it. You and then count we posted it. that as a podcast. But then Melissa was also, Melissa also played the Gersberms girl in our Gersberms right. video. I was so excited. <laughs> that was really that. fun. Right. It was so fun. We got that to work with Swedish Chef. Huge. Right? That was one of the highlights of my career. Was it weird? Were you weirded out by its real hands? It was. I say it's his real hands. <laughs> well, you was, know, what other types of hands would he have, Matt? <laughs> Being a real chef from Sweden. Well, you know, he could have felt hands attached to a stick. <laughs> no. no. That would be a, a How dare you? How dare it you? It is strange when you. Because um, it operates like a person. So when you're in the room, even when they're not shooting, he just like looks at people and he's like, hello. <laughs> and then people talk to and then you just end up talking you just end up talking to him mm. that's how the Muppets are they're magical they yeah. are magical yeah. I agree with that have you worked with a Muppet since? no first and last would you like to work with a Muppet again? I would love to alright good to know see I if would we can love make to. that happen can you make that happen? probably I'm, so, I'm surprised the Muppet hasn't You're made it oh different network isn't well, it? oh ABC to CBS ABC yeah. to CBS yeah Disney yeah. doesn't, doesn't yeah, like cross it alright yeah that's probably not going to happen but all they can do is reference it you know right. what, though? You, right. you, you do get my other favorite Muppet-like creature, What's Will that? Wheaton. Yeah. <laughs> so that... He, oh, the Wheaton. He's the best. He's so good. He's the nicest human. Do you know yeah, his beard is. gets its own dressing room now? <laughs> That's fantastic. You mean Anne? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no one will laugh harder at that than Will. That's the beauty of that joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of that joke. <laughs> Um, I heard your Ann beard joke, <laughs> and it's true. That's a really great Will. We've been friends since, like, 91. That's fantastic. We grew up together. He's a good guy. Will Wheaton. How are you, though? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really glad to be here. Congratulations on your film. Thank you. Thank you. You're not just in this movie. You co-wrote this movie. I did, Chris. That sounds hard. It was... <laughs> it, oh, was it was definitely a, a rough, rough road. I mean, the writing it and the doing it was really fun and great. I mean, any independent film is obviously super hard to get made. But we wrote it, I guess, in 2013 and then um, held on to it. People were – they liked the script and like, oh, we'll do it. But we want to put another actress in the role who's not you. What? Yeah. There was that. That was a big discussion of, well, we could get We could someone. get Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Exa- I mean, I would put <laughs> Olivia Wilde in anything. She's stunning and a phenomenal you are on actress. one of the top shows on all of television. Well, thank you. But to have someone who's like a proven box mm. office – Success to to get more money for the film. That doesn't mean anything anymore. I know people just want good stuff. They don't give a shit. I I hope that's the case. I hope so. We ended up doing it on a super small budget and found some producers, the Duplass Brothers, who are amazing, and Stephanie Langoff of the Duplass Brothers, who is an absolutely incredible producer, and she took a chance on us, and we made it for super super small budget in Ohio. 
for 22 days. We prefer shooting. the term budge. Budge? Small is that budge. That's what I should Small be saying. Budge. Small yeah. budge. I like that. God, the Duplass brothers are not human. They produce... I mean, it's unbelievable. There's like there were billboards all over the city of like their live action show, <laughs> their animated show, their TV, exactly twenty movies on iTunes that They're... they made in between those two things. <laughs> well, they go yeah. home and sleep in pods like the Borg. Yeah, they have a yeah. collective mm-hmm. conscious. Mm-hmm. The Duplass pods. Yeah, they live in a Duplass. I'm sorry. Man. Remember when? Remember my beard joke? <laughs> it was a good a joke. Good it was a perfectly was constructed great. joke. I almost feel like it was so perfect in the rhythm of it that yeah. I feel like it it was. I, I we wrote that. joke. You wrote you it, right? We write all the podcasts. Do yeah, everything yeah. everything you're, you're saying, saying right, right now. now. Was there is a teleprompter behind me. Yeah. We, I did. We, we should and in front of you, so you can say that. Oh yeah, right. Next time. No, we. You know, Matt and I have just been friends for so fucking long. It was. So it was really great. Now, uh, I assume. Now, why didn't you just ask, uh, you know, your husband, I assume, is a billionaire because his name is Winston. It does sound very billionaire-ish, yeah. doesn't it? He's very distinguished. Winston. Winston. He owns half of Winston-Salem, South Carolina, right? Yes. And no, Winston all of cigarettes. it. All of it. <laughs> he owns all of Winston's yep, cigarettes. That he does. That he does. They they. Uh, the Winston cigarettes are named after him. They are, yeah. <laughs> they named the cigarettes after mm-hmm. him. <laughs> they did. When they didn't know, they were like, what do we call these smokes? Let's see. Virginia well, Slims on. are taken. Marble. I'm going to time that guy? forward to find someone who can name these after. Exactly. How That's you the guy. We met in college, freshman, freshman year of college in a script analysis class. And we were really good friends all through college. We were both dating people who weren't right for us. I was dating a bunch of dum-dums and then we got together right before we graduated we were writing partners though all through college and really good friends that's nice it was nice it was bound to boil over yeah you know yeah and then sort of seeped into my 21st birthday he told me he loved me oh oh wow and it worked out for him no i was a douche yeah i was a real what you were that's how it always was i was i'm gonna be honest i ate pop brownies for the first time in my life and i was just losing my mind when he was telling me this. His face was melting, and I was—I'm a lightweight, and mm-hmm. I. Well, he picked a bad time to drop. Bad that time. He didn't know, in fairness to him, what was going on. He just thought, like, "Oh, this is a nice time," and he—he <laughs> he pulled me over, and I was like, "This is what's going on." And I was having—I was having this meltdown because I, I don't know why I did it. I was wearing this outfit at the time that was. Um, it was, I want to say it was when pirate shirts were in, but I don't think they were ever in. I don't think they were in. But it was like this pirate shirt, and I had like some weird crisscross belts on me. And after I made these brownies, I went down to my room in this horrible little apartment I was living in, and there was a whole party going on. And I like was having this meltdown in the mirror, like staring at myself like, what's wrong with you, you weird pirate? Who do you think you are? You can't pull this outfit off. And I was just like beating myself up in the mirror, and then he knocked on the door. I was like, I need to talk to you. And then he he told me he loved me, and Aww. I was like, "What's happening? You're there's ten of you. A pirate cannot exactly. show love. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. And then that was June, and we didn't talk for like an entire summer because Ugh. he he ran off into the night. And then and then finally, I came to my senses and realized he was the one for me. God well, damn you know, it. just for a, just for as a little bit of advice to other people mm-hmm. who are in love with someone that they are friends with, yeah. and want so much more than that. Was there anything that he did besides picking the worst moment to tell you that he loved you and then running away? What 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 helped? Do you have any tips for people? Um, let's see. He what I always liked about him was that he was a very good listener, and that was something when we started just hanging out again. I'm like this, he's a nice man who listens. He's nice. Nice goes a long way. Nice is underrated, and he's very nice. So I would say be nice. And then also, he he was very sweet. He was writing poetry, and he wrote some very sweet poems. God, this advice is going to lead is to a terrible? lot of heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa said it would work, and it didn't work. <laughs> I listen, I'm nice, I write poetry. I'm so sorry. I You're so right. I couplets on my chest, <laughs> and it didn't work. Did you have pot brownies? You're so right. I just led people to their own love demise. My feeling would be sucks. My feeling would be if you are in love with someone, if you think you're in love with someone, you're not always right. Yeah. If you think you're in love with someone and it's not reciprocated, 
chances are they're not the right person for you. That's true. Because whatever it is that you think you're seeing about them, you're not really connecting with them or it would work the other way. You just want them for some reason. That's true. This That's case, true. it worked out. This case, it did work out. Because if, if we're following this advice, he did he did hang on for... Like, I was I was so douchey that we would sometimes hang out. I was doing stand-up at the time, and mm-hmm. so I had one night free. It was Monday nights that... Like, well, okay, we can hang out on Monday nights just as, just as friends. So we would just sit around and talk on Monday nights till really late at night at my apartment. And then I'd be like, bye, have a good night, and sent him home. And he said that he used to, like, talk to cab drivers like, what the hell... I, I don't know how much longer. He's, he said that he was, like, about done. And I probably, oh, he was like... he never going anywhere. He would have been done think? for, like, an hour. And then... <laughs> yeah, I just don't think it's a good idea that you and I hang out anymore. Because, you know, it's like we both got our own stuff. And then you'd call, like, a week later and be like, Can you pick me up a latte? And you'd be like, Yeah, I'll be right over. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. He hang on. He did hang on. Well, I'm glad it all worked out. That's very nice. And it still seems to be working out since he's still your husband. And how long were you together before you got married? We were together. um, Let's see. What is that? We've been together 14 years and we've been married six. Damn. Yeah. We've been together a while. I'm an old lady. Nice. Yeah. You're not an old lady. A little bit. I want to hear about your stand up. What city was this? This was in New York. Okay. I started. I mean, I was always like doing stand-up whenever I could as a kid growing up I would first of all I mean I started just memorizing people's stand-up sets mm-hmm. not realizing that that was just ripping people off and then I would do them for like show and tell which really was you I would was, have dominated on Twitter had it been around <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right. Don't feel bad. I did the same thing. Really? Well, when you're a kid, you don't know. You right. start imitating, and then you then from there, you kind of develop your own style. Exactly. Who were you imitating? Um, I memorized a bunch of comic relief specials. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was a Whoopi Goldberg special on HBO. I remember it. That, do you remember that? And yep. she played a bunch of different characters. Yep. And there was a line that she kept on saying in the special as a character. I forget the character's name. But she, she said, over here. And she was like pointing at her crotch. And I thought it was hilarious. And so I did it in second grade <laughs> for show and tell. <laughs> and I was such a weird, weird kid. I was the kid who like didn't talk at all and like stayed by myself on the playground. And then I would get up and do that. And my parents got calls from the teachers like, this weird child of yours does not speak all day. And then she points at her crotch and drops F-bombs. My parents thought it was great. They we think like, she might turn into a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say for sure, but pretty sure that's where it's going. So you started stand-up in New York. So yes. And then um, when I moved to New York at 18, that's when I started doing it um, as much as I could around the city. I was going to acting school at the time at uh, Marymount Manhattan College. So I was... I I was really pissing my Shakespeare teachers off because I was like at the clubs till late at night and then I would come in. I had a very heavy Jersey accent too. Oh, your stand-up career pissed off everyone. Your elementary school teachers, really, your acting that's teachers. That's why I threw in the towel. <laughs> <laughs> no you one did, wanted you, me to you, do at it a cer- At a certain point, you just... I mean, I did it for about 10 years and then... Um, and then I I had moved out here and I started doing it a little bit out here, but um, I'd like to go back to it eventually. I just haven't done it. I mean, you could tour the fuck out of this country now. Oh yeah. Now that people know who you are, you could sell tickets and. I it mean, would be nice not to be handing it. When I was doing it in New York, I was for a while one of those people that would hand out flyers in Times Square to yeah. do you like comedy? Come see comedy to get. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was my. My deal. They used to come to me like, do you want to see some people who have been on Comedy Central? I'd be like, I've been on Comedy Central. I'll see you later. <laughs> I don't want to go upstairs to your shitty room. Yeah, you face that guy. <laughs> I oh, probably no, have no met you. Turned that shit around. I <laughs> but you know, it's I think the, the the best thing. One of the one of the most comforting things about stand up is that it, you fe- I feel you you feel less um, you feel less a victim of the of the. Changing moods of the entertainment so business, true. so it it does it does, and it's nice that you have that skill set. You can all you could always go back if you wanted to. Thank you. I think I would like to, and you're right. Like at the time, because I did it through years, like after I graduated college, and I was like doing theater in the back of laundromats and not getting hired, and stand up or you know just even writing for myself was always the way of okay. Well, no one's going to hire me, so like, at least I get I can. that you're making your own movies now, and that's wonderful. But like, Thank you got to talk to your reps about playing some theaters. Which all right. Is Cachet you have on your television program. That would be great. All right, let's. I mean, I'll open for you. It's fine. (laughs) All right, how about I open for you? No, no, no. You should match it open for you. I mean, they'll be disappointed. That's, I work well with disappointment. That's, that's my comfort zone. You're going to do 10 minutes and everyone's going to be like, 
What the fuck? Yeah, and then you'll come on and kill. Oh. That's what that's what we should do. Yeah. Well, Chris, what do you Just, say? I, I I think a Roush Myra tour experience. That sounds like a racing team. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> My Roush. No, right? Roush. Uh, what is the racing team? Roush. Uh, there is a how race. dare you look at me? There how do you real... think I would know that? <laughs> Roush burn. Roush. Look up Roush. Make it up. It's not going to make a difference to me. I know, I'm not but there's got to be one guy out there who's really into IndyCar racing. I mean, get a lot of angry letters. A lot of time to yeah, put in. Our... Is it Letterman? Is it Roush Letterman now? Oh, Roush yeah. Fenway. Hmm. It's Roush Fenway. That's How why I know it. Fenway? Because it's the owners of the Red Sox own this racing team. I, that's why oh, Roush is in my Ten okay. years of stand-up is a good... Yeah, that is, was, a, yeah, that is a considerable amount of experience it on was. stage. I mean, I, I started... Towards the end, I was touring college. It, that was sort of my jam at the end was the college market, which was Oh, fun. you I, make a shit ton of money doing that, too. Jesus Christ, what are we doing here? we got to get you out right, there. You guys, i gotta go. I got to go. Thank you for <laughs> you this career counseling. You know what, though? You what? can't say anything too edgy in front of a college audience. You think That's college true. kids are going to be super cool, no. you know? I was like, oh, these kids watch South Park. They're probably... Not at all. No. These kids don't watch South Park. They're in their 17th season. These kids like were infants when South Park was on. They probably yeah, never no, come back up think, with it. You think like, oh, but they're not. Like, they're, they, there's a lot of like, oh, like they hearing an adult swear is weird to them. It's very true. I, and I got lists from a lot of the colleges of words that I couldn't say at their school. Which a few of the colleges I just read the list out loud on stage. Yeah, like this is what I'm not supposed to say. Let's get this over with. <laughs> and then, and th- were they okay with it? I mean, sometimes there would be, you know, the, the what was it, the student activities booker would have us sit down with me before he can't. He would just be holding the check, sort of like waving it in front yeah. of me. And I really didn't appreciate the fact that you read that list on stage. Yoink! And then you run out, out the door. door. Yeah, and it's time to go. Yeah. So, but you also did UCB stuff too. A little bit, yeah. It was more after I moved out here. A lot of my friends were. I took classes at UCB in New York, and then when I moved out here, the the circle of friends I ended up making were all a part of the UCB. So I sort of started doing shows with them. Like I did the Real Real Housewives with a bunch your of your Danielle Schneiders, yes. yes, Jessica Sinclair, your Casey June. Wilsons, exactly. Your Lenny Arms. It's, yes, it's a great, it's a great yeah, group. an amazing group of they're hilarious, so hilarious, hilarious. People. Yes, those girls are my my heart. Such ridiculous improvisers. They're incredible. The, that group of girls. We have girls' nights quite a bit. They're my. They're amazing. They're yeah. Amazing. Do you know? Did you know Donna Fineglass before she became Donna Furman? I didn't. I met Donna after the fact through Danielle. Yeah. Gosh. Also, Hot written. Wives. Yeah. Is so freaking good. Those girls are yeah. so so talented. That that whole group, each oh, one of them is just. They're all amazing. They're brilliant women. I mean, do you see yourself? Uh, you know, someday, uh, you know, listen, Big Bang could run for 20 seasons. Let it. I would love that. Somewhere, Chuck Lorre got an erection. <laughs> <laughs> I would, not somewhere, it was in his pants. Where erections happen. <laughs> but where's his Let's dick? That's the question. That's the question. <laughs> uh, but have, are, do you kind of have stuff in your back pocket where it's like, oh, you know, if it ever comes to a point and... You know the the show wraps, and they're like, "What do you want to do next, Melissa?" Do you kind of like have <laughs> Could a they thing? Please ask me just like that. What do you want to do? That's exactly how I want to be asked. It's me. I'm Johnny Hollywood, <laughs> the president of Hollywood. No, I'm Johnny Coanga, president of Hollywood. <laughs> Johnny Coanga. It's <laughs> my buddy Chuck Slotson. <laughs> no, that's better. Dave Coanga. He's over in Universal City. I'm the Johnny Coanga right here in Hollywood. That's a local. Oh, hi, Susie Parham. It's nice to meet you guys. Hey, Susie. <laughs> what do you think about Melissa? Roush, what's she gonna do next? Ah, she's a real, real talent. I like that one. We'll we'll see what she's up to when we travel down Hollywood Boulevard way. All I right. honestly, I think it's always good. You must think about those kinds of things, don't you? Like, oh, I'm gonna start preparing. I don't know or, why we have now taken such an interest in your career, but we want to help. It's really nice. I appreciate that. We you know why? I will give you each ten percent. No, it's just because <laughs> when you when you. I, 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 no, we're doing more than your agents. Because <laughs> we're actually thinking about it. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, when I just like the, the the pals that I have that I know are multi talented and can do a lot of different things mm-hmm. sketch, improv, stand up, acting, mm-hmm. writing. It just there's so many options. How do you know which one mm-hmm. to to go for? Um basically whichever one someone will let me do. I think, you know, I uh, I hope this show runs forever, but I've always sort of used writing as a way of okay, this will be the next, the next move. The the creating of the bronze was really. It was a story that we wanted to write just as writers, and we wanted to um, explore this world and the idea of local celebrity. 
But the the idea of, okay, we're going to write this specifically for me was really also at a little bit at a necessity of, all right, these aren't the roles that I'm getting, but I or I'm not getting the roles in film that I want. So let's create something for me. Yeah. And and I think what's interesting about film and television is that sort of like you said, you'd think, well, you're on this hit TV show. It would be so easy to get money to make a movie. And there's something about the about film where they kind of films kind of like. Oh, TV, huh? Hmm. We'll mm-hmm. see. I mean, like, they doesn't really... Film's not as cool to TV people as I think it should be. That's... I think that's true. I think... TV's not as cool to film people. No, no. Film's not as cool to TV people. Because fil- the film, the people that control film financing... Yes. ...can have a person on a hit TV show. Yes. And like you said, oh, well, they're not a proven box office. Yeah, but they right. have a hit TV show, so people know who they are. Right. Well, I don't know, you know... They're yeah. kind of weird, snobby about it. It's true. And I think it, more film people are going to TV mm. um, because there's all these great roles that are happening there. But yeah, it, there's still that weird, oh, well, we want to see that there's a proven history that you could actually make this money back, which I get it. It's a business. But uh, for this role, I knew that we, we kept on calling it my my Rocky. The, <laughs> like, I'm going to Stallone this and, yeah. and hold on to it. I actually saw Stallone at a party over the holidays, and I'm the type of a party that will hide in a corner and just, like, weirdly eat a shrimp-like yeah. plate or some sort of <laughs> shrimp cocktail by myself Where's until I go shrimp? home. That's, I am always, like, you will always find me by a chilled shrimp. That's, that's my, <laughs> that is my jam. Do you have heavy cocktail sauce or no? Oh, I love a yeah. cocktail sauce. I mean, that's you need, the way I'm, You have to do. You're not a you monster. You have to do a dip. Yeah. I'm not a, yeah. no, I'm not an animal. You need. Does the scene in Beetlejuice with the, co- with the shrimp cocktail hands, does that kind of make you hungry? It makes me hungry a little bit. Um, you, you see, that to me actually makes me go the other way. Ah. It doesn't. I'm yeah. Dad really huge do you like it is a huge. It shrimp. just makes it's me want to not eat shrimp hands. Uh, yeah, makes me want to just <laughs> plug in some Dick Cavett and eat some shrimp. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, really works out. For yeah, me. I totally get that. <laughs> I really do get that. Yeah. So did Salon go, hey, Bernadette, I don't give a shit. He said exactly that. Exactly that. No, I was sort of circling him weirdly, and then I went up to him, and he was lovely. And I told him that, you know, he had inspired us to to hold on to this, and he he was very, very sweet and said something like, Oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, that's, that's great. I'm glad you do that. That was exactly it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was exactly it. There was something like, you would have regretted it your whole life. Ah, life, that's very Stallone yeah. too. Um, it's but the shots you right. don't take, you regret. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And did you feel during this process? Did he? Did he watch The Big Bang? Was he a fan of the show? He did not say if he was. I was very he's, taken, though. I mean, his... he's CBS's core audience. Let's be honest. He's sixty-five years old. Yeah, I mean, white male. He. The thing that I did loves know... the CSIs. You think he loves CSIs? Oh, come on. So he's sort of white. He's kind of he kind of has a cooked turkey glaze. Uh, <laughs> he uh, worked on that. He does have, and he just has this air of like champion. You just smell champion. Yeah. He also has a neck like a sequoia tree. <laughs> I, I bet when he walked away, he was like, "Oh my god, I should have said something." I was too nervous to say anything. <laughs> no, never. He was very good. Like, he had a swarm of people around him, and yeah. he was just so nice to every single person. Have you had an awkward encounter with a person that you went up to? At oh, every encounter I have with a celebrity is awkward. Especially, so, I had one recently. As a kid, I met Carol Burnett, and <gasps> it was a dream come true for this very weird 16-year-old. And I went up, it was, I, she was doing some play on Broadway, and I wrote her this long letter about how she was... My inspiration, I, my childhood bedroom was like filled with pictures of Carol Burnett, Meryl Streep, Gilda Radner, like every, the whole nice. wall was yeah. just like a, you know, whole um, uh, shrine to all these actresses I loved. So I wrote her this letter about how much I loved her. And after the show, they let me come backstage and I'm waiting in the green room. And all I got out was, you were good. You were really good. <laughs> And she then held up she I had like a little disposable camera and she said to me, Oh, would you like a picture? And I said, ah, I have pictures of you in my room. And she was so lovely and took a picture with me. It's framed in my parents' house. Oh. And so I saw her recently at the SAG Awards. And I was like, I'm an adult now. I could go and have a lovely conversation with this woman. I'm gonna tell her how lovely she was to me as a child and I was like, I'm gonna I got this. I got this. 
went up to her, did the same exact thing <laughs> once again. I was like, when I was little, you took a picture with me and I have the picture still. Say, you talk like that weird kid I met at that Broadway show all those years ago. <laughs> I wonder what would happen to you. It's very did- sweet. And then I did the same thing to Bob Newhart when he was on Big Bang. That was a huge, I used to listen to, you know, his not? comedy all the time as a kid. And I was so excited when he was guest starring in the show and... I went into the, he was in the green room and we had this amazing, and I held it together so well. And as we're talking, I'm like, you're doing good. Like, this is a good conversation. And I was, I really, really like was holding my shit together. Can I say shit? Yeah. Yeah, I've said fuck like nine times. Oh, great. Okay. Great. So, uh, and he was lovely. We were talking about uh, stand up and, uh, versus being in front of a live audience for a multi camera Mm -hmm. sitcom and how he feeds off the audience. And it was this, awesome, awesome comedy conversation with Bob Newhart. And then the conversation ended and I knew we had to start rehearsal and I needed to leave the room. But there was something about turning my back on Bob Newhart that felt weird. So I weirdly did this back, like back up out of the room, like with my hands in this <laughs> prayer position and just weirdly backed out of the room. And then as I'm doing it and making dead eye contact uh-huh. with him and he's watching me back up and I just said, Thank you for the laughter. I <laughs> <laughs> hey, see. I would get that way around Jimmy Burroughs. Like that's. Yeah. I would fucking freak out if I ever met Jimmy. Thank Burroughs. you yeah, for I mean, the laughter. Thank you for the laughter, Mister Newhart. I mean, there's nothing. It's hard. You know, the, the, those are the two hardest parts of a of an exchange like that. The uh, the intro and the dismount. Yes. The intro and the dismount because it's not. You know, if you're at a party, at least you can kind of like. They're natural outs. People come up or go, okay, take care. But when it's just you. You have to have an ending. There's no... I kept on thinking, well, maybe, you know, someone will come in at some point. Like, and I didn't, I wanted the conversation to go on forever, but I knew he wanted to, you know, settle in. And I was like, I got to leave this man to his space. But how could you say, okay, bye, and then turn your back? You can't. I think next time you should just go the other direction and have a nice conversation then with, fuck you. (laughs) And then... That's good. Just like a double middle finger <laughs> yeah. and be like, I'm out. Fuck your face. <laughs> just something really weird. Just pretend to do it, get a phone call and just do one of his bits. Oh, do one of his totally. bits. Good idea. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I, yes, I, he's here. Bob's here. <laughs> I, things are, I, I have to yeah. go. Oh my God, poor Bob. You know how many people must have done that to him at some totally. point? He's like, yeah, I get it. I, the phone <laughs> thing. I get it. I get it. I'm sure he's, You'd he's get a lovely, it, though. I don't know. He's so... He's amazing. That man, when he does table reads for our show, his timing is so phenomenal. And he's just, he's great. He's in his 80s. Yeah. He's incredible. He is. Yeah. He's great. Does it feel, I mean, you essentially have gotten the thing that a lot of young comedy performers want. Which is, it's, it's, sitcoms are very hard to get. Which is true love with your husband. No! no that's right. Great job. That's easier than, poems. that is easier than getting a fucking sitcom picked up. That's true. Well. Getting a sitcom picked up is one of the hardest things in the yeah. world. And I know I you know came it. on as a guest star, but then you became a member, like you became a regular. Yeah. Was that, was that kind of thing, when you came on, was that ever on the table? Like, oh, if this goes well, you could, or was it a complete shock to you? It was a complete shock. When I came in for that, when I was at the unemployment office, like, the week that I got the audition for that show. And it was one of those weeks where I had, like, I hadn't had an audition in a while. And I'm terrible at any sort of, like, business confrontation mm. of, like, com- you know, calling your representation and being like, uh, I haven't had an audition. And I did. I, like, psyched myself up that week and... Not to get all businessy, but I had said that, and and then I had that audition, and it was one of those where you're just going in with like a million people. The producers aren't even there, and the fact that they then they call me back in then to meet with the producers, and I thought it was just that one episode, and then sort of towards the end of the night of the taping, I heard some rumblings of maybe we'll have her back again, and she'll date Howard once or twice more. Um, so when I was called back to. I think they had booked me then for two episodes, and I was so excited. It was right, actually right before my wedding, so which was really nice because I was really kind of depressed at the time, yeah. and the fact that I was able to go to my wedding with the, that way, anyone who was my parents' friends were like, "Sai, you gonna give this up anytime soon?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had one Fuck job. You. I got one one job, but then it wasn't until the next season that they brought me on as. Um, a, a regular. So I had like a, a failed pilot in that time and 
Um, and I, and I got fired from a jo- no, I was fired from a job right before I got Big Bang. <laughs> yeah, it was the Sherry Shepard pilot on Lifetime. They hired me to play her tough Italian friend, and it was this. You're li- better off. Oh, thank you. It, I would have had to move back to New York. Could you take us there now to that character? Yes. Yeah, so that May character- I speak to tough Italian <laughs> lady? It was a lot of hey, Sherry. <laughs> Hey, hey Sherry. Sherry, you hey, still Sherry. think the earth is flat, Sherry? <laughs> you dummy. You're going to get, you know what, Sherry, my Uncle Carl, he'll fix it up for you. It was a lot of stuff like that. And when I got the audition, I was like, I am so not right for this role. And it was like the last pilot audition of the season. It's like, I guess I should just go. And, you know, Sherry Shepard is, she's so funny. And actually, the script was really funny. But the part I was just so mm. not right for. And I... Somehow I went in with like a brown wig and basically did a Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny impression. Mm -hmm. And somehow I got it. And then two days on set and I saw – I kept on saying, if they don't fire me, they're crazy because I am – this is not the role for me. And like I I should be fired. And it was like, no, you're just nervous. It's your first – it's your first sitcom. It's just nerves. I'm like, they're dummies if they don't fire me. And then I got a call. I think it was – Oh, I know what it was. I saw the girl that I screen tested with come into the wardrobe room as I was leaving. Oh. I was like, something's going on here. Oh, uh, Leah Remini's schedule freed up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. And then they called, and Sherry was lovely, actually, and called me, and, and I've seen her since, and she's so cool. And she left me a message, like, I'm so sorry that this is happening, and was really great. I was Has she called you depressed. since and said, you're welcome? Um, she I, she was very nice when I went. I did the view, and she was like, "Well, glad that that happened." For you. <laughs> she was really cool. You but kind I, of owe her. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have been available to do Big Bang. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I but, mean, yeah. Sorry, it's just crazy the way things. It's true because I was in a dark place after that firing. I was like, I will never get hired again. This whole town knows I'm fired from being the tough Italian girl. I think her name was Janine or something. Sounds right. Yeah. Janine Scarillo. <laughs> exactly. That's it. But I think people really need to understand that, you know, it can be difficult for young performers because, especially if they haven't gotten on something yet or they haven't had any brush with it because they go, well, this could never happen because they can't connect with what that feels like. So they go, well, this will never happen. But yeah. they should know that everyone feels that way. Yeah. It's true, and it feels real bad. Oh, I know. I'm <laughs> just feels... coming out of it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's awful because you're also – when you do this for a living, it's because you love it. You really – I mean, I'm sure there's people who just fall into it and things happen for them, but uh, the majority of us, I feel, are doing it because it is a passion inside of us and it makes us happy. So when you're not given the opportunity to do it, it's not only, oh, I'm out of work. How am I going to pay my rent? It's I'm sad because I'm not doing what I love, which – which is why stand-up or writing was always great because at least it reminded me of, oh, if I'm getting like slapped in the face with rejection every day, yeah. at least I have something that will remind me of why I'm doing this while I'm driving around crying in my car. Well, and, and also <clears throat> the fact that it, you know, 10 years of stand- – a decade of stand-up yeah. and comedy and sketch and working and trying to, you know, and then it finally – and then it finally happens – it's yeah. It's uh. It's I mean. It, I'm so grateful. There's honestly not a night at Big Bang, and I say this without. And you know, I know this may sound very cheesy, but I we tape on Tuesday nights, and every Tuesday night when I come out to take a bow, I get very emotional because it's. I just I'm so grateful for it because you know you're always just like one job away from it going either way. And the actually like when we were writing. When we first started getting the idea for the bronze. It actually came out of being like in between. Um, jobs like I was on that um, it was the best week ever of that VH1 oh, right. talking yeah, yeah, yeah. show mm-hmm. years ago and I I was really it was one of my first TV jobs and I was so excited about it and I went back to this mall in New Jersey where I'm from visiting my parents and the manager at the Wetzel's Pretzel gave me a free pretzel because he liked the show and was so excited about it and I was so excited and that I was like riding high on that fucking pretzel it was like <laughs> I was eating that my husband was with me and he was like give us some extra cheese sauce too while you're at it. and we sat there eating that pretzel like we were rock stars and then the show was canceled and I went back and I had had this week with everyone and you know my parents friends and stuff just saying oh well are you gonna pick another career or something um, because they knew I was out of work and we went back to the mall and the same manager pretended like he didn't remember me from the last time and was like, that'll be $3, please, for that pretzel. And the pretzel just 
tasted like it was like it had the salt of my tears on it. That's why that manager is having the best week ever. <laughs> yeah, I showed her. Her show got canceled. I was Not like, giving her a pretzel. She yeah. ordered no salt, so she put her own on with tears. <laughs> this, ain't, this, ain't, this ain't a charity pretzel drive. You got to pay for your pretzel. Now that you're not working, you need to pay for pay this. for that pretzel I, every time you Mr. have. Mr. Wetzel was very angry. He found out through inventory that I... There is a wet Mr. Wetzel. Do you know that? There is, is it a, really? It's a Wetzel is the name, is yeah, the Wetzel's family pretzels. name. And they decided to go into pretzels. Like... Well, what else were they going to do? That's a good it's, point. It's a good name. Katie, find out if I'm right. Yeah. That could be is bullshit. Did you just make all of that up and I we just have. believe What about it? Annie Annie? Is there a Chicago real Annie Annie? There's a Mrs. No? Fields, though. There is a Mrs. Fields. Mrs. Butterworth? Auntie Anne, and whatever. Yeah, Annie. Um, She's, uh, those is it? Are, those yeah. are better. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Rick Wetzel. Rick Wetzel. Good old Rick. I've read up about Rick Wetzel for some reason. There's something weird about him, and I'm sure you'll find it. Really? Figure out why I was reading up about Rick Wetzel. There's something in there that would trigger in Matt. Can you look up the? Can you look up Mr. Orange Julius? (laughs) (laughs) It's a very orange man. Very (laughs) orange. Uh, Was it weird? Actually, I don't know what I don't know what your life was like when you were growing up. Obviously, Um, because I haven't been keeping tabs on you since you were a kid, which is probably good. But um, was was having uh, was having success and money weird when it started happening? Did it did it? Did it create more stress in any way, or was it like, ah, finally? Um, it was definitely like the any sort of like, I guess, celebrity that came with, was. I'm such a shy person in in general. Like my uh, that really hasn't changed much since my kids. So that sort of it, that part of it, it was something that I never factored in. It was like the the doing of it was always something that I loved, and whether I was you know, performing in like a high school play or this. It's like the same the same muscle. So that part of it I love, but and I I'm not complaining about it in any way, but it definitely um like is is the part of it that I would say I like the least, mm-hmm. I would say, or I'm just not I'm not really comfortable with it. Like on a red carpet I am probably at my my most uncomfortable. I have one oh, pose, yeah. one pose that's all I got. And a lot of times I'll say things like, over the shoulder. And I'll just stand there with my one hand on my hip and go, nope. Because <laughs> I tried it once and it looked like I was having a mini stroke. I couldn't. I, it, there is a picture of me somewhere online where I am trying to do an over the shoulder shot. And then I looks like like full on seizure. I don't know what oh, I was doing. Get your so, Getty image yeah. search ready. So I, it's just front on all the time. And I, got, I don't move. Listen, just, I, just to make you feel better. I have never felt comfortable on any really? of, in that type of situation. And in full full disclosure, uh, I'm very ashamed to admit this. I do go on later that night or the next day, like on the wire image, just to see what the images are. Because I keep trying to make my smile better. And I feel like it never gets any better. And I see and I go, God damn it, I did it again. Because I'm so... It's such an unnatural... It's so unnatural. The people who are able to make... My, my fiance is amazing at making really? it look natural. Yeah, I just I really. Uh, I can't. Chris, she's a professional model. Well, I know, oh. but that's a thing that I'm not. That's I, a gift. I don't know that... if you know this, but her eyes also smile. Her, uh, that's really? it. Yeah, I was tired. Is that is that the trick? I oh I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it is for someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah, whenever watch like... a what is it, what does she call it? Tyra Banks calls it something. America's Next Top Model. She would call it. Uh, oh, smize. Is that what smize? She... Yeah. yeah, smiling eyes. Smize. Mine. Mine are more just like what is that version? But it's petrified. Is it like? <laughs> Pop, petrifies. 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 There we go. There it is. That's mine. Yeah. Just yeah. so scared. I mean, I have I have stared in the mirror and tried to because I think I approach this mathematically. I'm gonna, learning too much about you right now. I'm gonna find the smile and then just that's my go to. And every time I do it, it like it just never. I, just, I find that hard to believe about you. You always seem like you. You've got it together. Mm, not in a red carpet situation. He does situation. have a picture face. It is not his regular face. Really? I don't know how to have yeah. a regular face. Because regular it's face not natural. Lovely. And there's Chris, people like saying your name. I don't. You shut up, man. smile. Stop it. I, my, my, dad, my dad always had terrible smiles in pictures, and he always hated taking pictures. He was mm. like, oh, I can't. My smile looks dumb, and I was like, it sure does. And then now I have the same fucking smile. <laughs> and the best pictures of my dad were when he was caught off guard. Like, oh, he looks so natural, and he looks so, you know. And I, yeah, there's something. There's something in the brain that goes like, smile, and then it just fucking. <laughs> we'll can't. have to surprise you and drop yeah. you into a red carpet without. That's you a good idea. Have you gotten any more comfortable with it, or still no? 
How's Winston with it? Know. Um, he doesn't love it either. We had the premiere last night of the bronze and he I think he doesn't normally do red carpets with me like at events and stuff. He'll be like, I will meet you on the other side. Yeah. I'm going in and getting a drink or something. But but because he wrote the the bronze with me, he he did that one with me and the Sundance one. I think those are the the two that we've done together. He did good last night. He seemed very comfortable. How I haven't was the premiere. It was really fun. It was really cool. I it was very surreal being that's a, there. That's amazing. Was, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It was sort of an out of body experience. I it was the first time seeing it with people mm-hmm. that I knew my whole cast came and some of the writers and so it was it was really really fun. And then we have the New York one next week which is when my parents are going to see it. <gasps> they haven't I'm, seen anything of it yet. They haven't seen any wow. nothing. Can they watched the trailer. They have. It was funny. My parents, because uh, there's a a reference to a taint in the trailer. <laughs> and when we were home for Thanksgiving, we went to. Uh, it was on a movie, and we saw. Well, I forget. Oh, it was on the movie the night before, and so we took my parents because they wanted. We're yeah. Like this will be fun. Well, and I, my parents are super cool, so we went uh, and we saw the trailer with them in the theater. And afterward, my mom was like, um. What was that word you said? Taint? Like, it's a taint. She's like, well, I don't know. I'm not familiar with that word. And my father's on his phone. Urban Dictionary says it's the area. And my father read the Urban Dictionary definition of taint. And I was like, oh, I I never heard that. So it's, okay, yeah. No, I I guess I could picture what that is. And (laughs) I think I might give them a glossary of terms for them to go into this movie with. There was another one that she saw a clip from the movie where I said camel toe. Mm -hmm. She didn't know what that was, so I... I explained that to her. And then she started using it whenever she possibly could, but she was using it incorrectly. She put on a jacket, and she was, like, referring to it, like, if if it was laying correctly on her arms. And she's like, is it giving my elbow camel toe? (laughs) I was like, you can. It does give a bit of a crease. How do you explain camel toe to your mom? I said it was a, a front wedgie. Yeah. Where it created a line that looks like a camel toe. And her face was like... Oh, I never heard that term. That's very clever. That's very clever. <laughs> That's very clever. Yeah. They're they're so awesome. They're there's a big sex scene in the is movie. Is your mother like really good friends with Meadow Soprano? Like I feel like she's like Yes, in that, that is pretty much how my mother. She's got like a my mother has like this high pitched Jersey accent yeah. and she's everything is Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> she's so um She's such a positive woman, and when I called her from Sundance, I was very worried that – because a lot of the, the news that was coming from Sundance was about the sex scene for the movie. Yeah. And I didn't really warn them about it. For some reason, I wasn't thinking, oh, there will be a lot of press on that scene in particular. So I called her, and, and both my parents got on the phone. I was like, I'm so sorry, guys. I know they read everything. They're They're not like – over proud or anything, but they're just they're they're, parents, they're right. They're yeah. parents, and so they they read everything. They were watching every interview, and they said, um, "I said to them, I'm so sorry, guys. I know that you're just reading so much about this sex scene, and I I promise there's that, and there's it's not just porn. Like there is a movie here, and my mom's like, this is great sex sales. <laughs> <laughs> she was stoked. So, but I do want to like put a GoPro on the seat in front of them while they're watching well, the, the movie. Yeah. It would be kind of great. Actually, I think that would be a good viral marketing good, campaign right? for the also, movie. I also, I, I gotta it. say that'd be a fun picture-in-picture on the DVD. You're right. <laughs> Watch You're my right. mom watch the movie while you watch That's the movie. It's great. All right, I'm going to work on this. Yeah, all right, you guys are putting me on the road. Yeah, yeah we got you on the road. We can make you a million dollars in, in that live That would be dates. the best Thank DVD you. feature ever. You're right. We need to do it. Amazing. We need to do it. Amazing. But if there's just the one sex, so the rest of it, they might... It would just be just like them normally yeah, watching. Which is, I think that's part of the joy of it's it. It's kind of great. I mean, there is a lot. There's a lot of profanity throughout. There's I masturbate in uh-huh. in the movie, so there's that. Which mm-hmm. you know, come on. So there's there's this a few great. choice moments. Oh, that's that they, how you do that. Yeah, <laughs> David, what is she doing? Oh, I saw you touching your camel toe. <laughs> well, I mean, not exactly. I don't know. What was your taint then? Okay, <laughs> you need to stop. <laughs> you were definitely rubbing one out on your taint. <laughs> I mean, if you just did that, you could just do that and you could make a million dollars doing stand-up. Oh, you could thank just do you. Your, you could just do stuff about your parents. They I'm, they are a gold mine. My parents say things. Um, I've, uh, I have I had tweeted this a while back because my mother, she uses expressions that she doesn't know are 
that, that she doesn't know certain expressions mean a certain thing. Both my parents have been using the term circle jerk. <laughs> Like they'll say things like my mom will say, "Oh, I went to I went to the Jiffy Lube. They took my car, and then they, it was just a real circle jerk. They had me waiting there for hours." Or my father will say things like, "Oh, you know, I had to return the sour cream was spoiled, so I returned to the supermarket, and they sent me to three different aisles. It was a real circle jerk." He's not. It's not totally wrong. Incorrect, but, but they had no idea, and I tweeted that. I, uh, that my mom just did just that, that she was saying it incorrectly. And I guess one of her friends told her that I was saying that. And then they love the Urban Dictionary. So she then wrote me and said, I just looked up what circle jerk means. I'm horrified. I'm going to stop <laughs> using it. But now she's, sort of, now she's in on the joke. And now she'll just drop it just to, to get a rise out of me. But what if your dad was like, no, that's what I meant about the supermarket. <laughs> that's what the sour cream was. Why don't you people listen to me? <laughs> they That's said this will even out that sour taste. <laughs> anyway, they call it creme fresh. Have you heard of this? <laughs> I, think it's great. I think it's really great to have support. I mean, I, you know, I had supportive parents too, mm-hmm. and I always think it's it kind of. I love meeting people who had supportive parents because it sort of dispels the myth of like you gotta be tortured right. and you have to grow up in a toxic environment <laughs> to be a performer because that's why it's, it's like, true it's not entirely true it's true yeah they they're they're pretty awesome they're great my i remember like that first laugh i got from my dad and that was i mean i it was so that memory is so vivid because it i could pinpoint that moment of being like that is that feels so good we were watching three's company and I started doing a Don Knotts imitation. <gasps> and my father, who, and he's not like a very smiley person. He always sort of does this half smile, like it's sort of paining him to, to smile. And he started laughing. His, and I had never heard that laugh. And I was so, so excited. And he, he had told me to go to bed. And it sort of was my procrastination not to go to bed. And then it started like every night I would just imitate what was on TV. And getting that, and it wasn't like they didn't give me love otherwise, but getting that approval through laughter was just so huge it's my jacket making a lot of noise guys no, i'm really sorry okay. if i mean honestly if i had a little daughter and she started doing a don Knotts impersonation <laughs> i would give that kid anything she wanted i whatever you want take the house we'll move out it's all yours. i'm okay dad mom's a billionaire <laughs> all right <laughs> um what was the Don Knotts impersonation? Do you remember what it was? Do you remember? It wasn't really good. It was a lot of like, there was, a, I, I did that a lot. It could have been Don Knotts like snorting cocaine because it was, I just it was really did a lot. It was, it was, it was a lot of that, like lifting up my pants. Where did they and, shoot Paramount? Is that where they shot? I think, I'm trying to think of where, forget I mean, it. It is kind of, it is kind of interesting that that's where you got your first laugh and then you went on to be on a show that's that true. is. Arguably, like the Three's Company of today, well, it was the only thing keeping three camera multicam comedy alive for a while there. Big Bang, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, and Big Bang also like really helped TBS. The Big Bang reruns on TBS were it's, bigger than anything else they had. It's I'm it's crazy. I'm I I, I can't wrap my brain around with that show. I mean, I came into it, it was an already well oiled machine, so I just get to ride on what they're doing. They were doing without me. I mean, yes, but you're also a contributor. You wouldn't be a regular on the Thank show you. if you didn't offer something Thank special. You. I appreciate I that. Thank you. That voice to talk. I, I can't just compliment a person normally. <laughs> I gotta talk like this for some reason. I, I'm very <laughs> comfortable getting complimented like that. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you need to go out there and do your stand ups. <laughs> That's a fantastic virus. <laughs> Dude, I hold it. I can do that for maybe three minutes, and then, <coughs> and then I start choking and coughing. Do you like? Do, do you do you ever see yourself wanting? Because it feels like you like to play characters that have like a good hook, like mm-hmm. a really strong hook. Yeah. Do, are you challenged by, or do you envision playing like just a normal human? Um. I, yeah, I definitely would like to. I think. You know, sometimes it the voice is sort of my way into a character. It was that way for Bernadette on Big Bang. And then even the character that I play in the bronze, it's a very specific tone to her voice. And she's got this accent and she's, everything's sort of very controlled and uh, clenched. So I you, oftentimes will use that as my way in. But yeah, I, I would love to just play a... A normal human, but I also, but at the same time, I say that, but I, I also don't like those servicing roles for women where you're just the, 
the wife to the the guy who's doing all the mm. the interesting right. stuff. So I, I say that with yeah, I'd, I'd like to play um, someone who's maybe I guess speaks normally, but I I like the complexities of of characters with with layers. Yeah, you know. Do you do you see a lot of those types of roles coming in and then going? No, I'm not going to do this. This is dumb. I don't want to do this. Um, I think. It's not like I'm turning down things left and right by by any means. I that really was writing scripts for myself out of necessity, really, because I wasn't getting those roles. But I do see a lot of a lot of scripts that I do read are the female parts are very servicing, and I'll, I'll read and be like, I love all the guy parts. Is there any way that they'd be open to a girl playing any of those roles? And I think there's I think there's sort of swing. It's starting to swing in the other direction there's this year alone there's been awesome ro- roles for women that are complex and interesting and um but i think it's it's something that we kind of hit up against with the movie was the the idea that this ca- the character i play in the movie is is pretty unlikable and <laughs> I, it's, it's she's a bit of a tough pill to swallow and she's definitely an anti-hero and i think there's um there's a little bit of hesitation with showing unlikable women. On it's swinging, TV. though. I it is on, swinging. I worked on two pilots that are getting shot this really? year that we flipped the gender. Really? In the process. That yeah. makes me so happy. Yeah. That's great. I do think I I do think that it it's swinging a lot. If you think like just the the movies out this year alone, like so many of the performances from women have been just crazy, crazy yeah. unapologetic characters. But the cool thing is that if you know if you're in since you're also a writer, mm-hmm. you can create those roles. You can mm-hmm. create the roles that you want to exist. Yeah. And when they start catching on, that actually makes a significant change. Or, you know, it... If you it, can only get a hold of your old writing part. <laughs> it dramatically... <laughs> you go? It dramatically affects... You know, it dramatically affects, like, there's going to be some other little girl who was your age sitting on the couch with her dad, and she's going to see your movie, and she's oh. going to go, oh, my God, I can be that. You know, like... That that really does have such a profound effect. Thank you. So it is. So I think it is important. I'm sure as frustrating as it can be to just keep making it happen, in spite of some of the shitty stuff that you read. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I the fact that we were able to get this made, and the fact that it's coming out in theaters. At one point, we're like, well, we'll we'll write the script. We're really excited about it. If we have to just make it ourselves and maybe get a DVD of it and show it at my parents' house, that'll be. That'll be it. I'll get some footage from our reel. So the fact that it's coming out in theaters is sort of beyond our wildest dreams. We're really excited. And what is the release date of The Bronze? Um, the release date, thank you for asking, it's March 18th. So it's a week from Friday um, nationwide. Nice. Thanks. Oh, Thanks. my God. Are you nervous about I it? I am. I am. I'm I'm excited. Last night I was really nervous going in into the premiere. I, um, Like I said, it was just the first time seeing it with people I know and – but it was it was um, it was really great, and the laughter from the audience put me at ease. And so I'm I'm really pumped. I'm excited for people to see it. And but of course, there's there's definitely that. Oh well, I hope people actually go to see it. It's tough to get people to leave their houses yeah. to do anything anymore. No, that's fine. You just put a put a cape on someone. You're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you gotta do. You cape? Just, yeah, you just do cape. Do you have a cape on in the movie at all? I don't. She might. She might. I might. Go see I, it. I, I, yeah. She might go know. see it if I know. I may very well have a cape. Yeah. I think it'd be fun to... Be two capes. Who knows? Do you do voiceover stuff? Do you do a lot of voiceover stuff? Um, I do. I just did a... Uh, Good. We'd uh, like to get you into more of that, though. Please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Matt and I... Yeah. You guys have such a plan for me. Yeah. We really do. You really do have... You're thinking big picture. Uh-huh. Well, it's we, really when great. we started the podcast six years ago, we started a plan that yep. led to this day. So we have... We wow. actually were just... Charts. We probably could have just called you to be your representation then, but we thought we'd build this. We wanted I really to be sure. We get to this. this point where we can say... Thank you. Let's get you It's very impressive. Road. I mean, I'm it's... just here to get you off that Radford lot. <laughs> I said, Cute. Matt, I know... You know... Uh, Melissa has come a long way since that pot brownie. <laughs> One of these days, she's going to write a movie, and when she does, we're going to have her on the podcast, and we need to be ready. We need this to be ready is with the plan. success is preparation meeting opportunity. <laughs> Actually, behind each of these is it... uh, part of our presentation. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what? of course, we first want to go with your stand-up. Uh huh. All right. Uh-huh. We want to we want to build that. We want to get you out. on the road. You can okay. Do, you could kill. You go to Vegas. They have this latest Vegas. comedy at the Venetian. They All have right. a whole. It's called Lipstick Comedy. Lipstick. Not my favorite name, but whatever. <laughs> we get you in there. Whitney Cummings doesn't have to do every weekend. Wait, Matt. Uh, yeah. Matt. 
Yeah. Matt, I don't like this presentation anymore. Why? I'll tell you exactly why. Why? Because in this improv sketch we're doing right now, straight female character, two guys doing all the crazy shit. Shit, man. That's and so that's meta. exactly the point we were trying to prove. <laughs> yeah. You need to get out there and be the crazy one. <laughs> so, number one, we're dicks. Number two, fuck us in the face. Yeah. Number three, we could go straight to hell. <laughs> number four, put a GoPro in front of your mom when she's watching the movie. Done and done. <laughs> So what's next after the bronze and after more Big Bang that hopefully and all the stuff forever. we have for you? What's um, next after that? After okay, after you guys put me on the road, I don't. Well, are you guys going to work me to the bone? Like, what no. kind of? Are we talking like Ike and Tina life. style? Just, life. just forty forty five weekends a year. Nothing okay, we are too crazy. Like Ike and Tina, but you're Ike. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I do love what love got to do with it. When when he puts her on the road, he's like, "You got you're going to San Antonio next." That's what I want you guys to say to me. I want you to mix up San Antonio, bitch. I don't think you want to tell a dude to ever emulate Ike Turner in any way. No? No. Even, um, I guess no. you're right. We just no. had Angela Bassett on the podcast. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's amazing. She was great. She's so good. You know what our plan Her performance for, in that movie. Why do we keep telling people what to do with their careers? We tried to push her into taking a role of being a captain on the new Star Trek series. And what'd she say? She's into it. We That's fantastic. To... Well, n- hold on, guys. Yeah. What? Hold. What's up? This is not okay. What? You never said that you were taking on other clients. Uh, well, this is no, no, not you're cool. Your big picture. We're helping you mostly. Why are you racist? Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Oh, <laughs> not okay. But I just. <laughs> If you hang on, Christy's right. <laughs> okay, she's right. She's right. Here's the thing: I want to know that I have your undivided attention. If I am going to, you have it. But you no, know, you're pitching Angela it's Bassett. Undivided. One Wait, of us it's a little be, bit divided. One of us you're, will have 100 percent of your attention. Melissa, <laughs> Missy, Angie yeah. is she's pretty self sufficient at this is point. She, yeah. she doesn't need us in yeah. any way. Okay, we want to be needed. Okay, all right. I, f- I don't know. This might be a bill of goods. I'm going to... Can I talk to Angela? Can I discuss you, this with her? I mean, you when Sally Field you... was on a couple of days ago. Oh, who... We, what? What? Hang on. This no, is he's not... right, though. When she was on... Was we... she really on? Yeah. yeah I love her. She love was. her. We do, too. She's I mean, amazing. She we, just, she, we just let her tell us what to do. Yeah. <sighs> she was What nice. a dream. This is a job. Who have you met... Who, who is still in your bucket list of people to meet? He's and be awkward feels too. And, I mean, let's see. Who would I be? Both those women you just mentioned, mm-hmm. Sally Field, Angela Bassett. I feel like I would make some inappropriate. What's love got to do with it? Did I mean how she'd she's love it. She'd love it. really? Yeah. Oh, she's it. so good in that movie. She's so good in everything. Uh, I think Meryl Streep. I know it sounds, you know, probably sure. Most people give that answer, but God, she's amazing. There's a reason they give the answer because she is. She's amazing. Meryl Streep. Thank yeah. you for the tears. Thank you, thank you for the emotion <laughs> for playing scenes so real. Meryl Streep. Oh, we got to wrap. You have a hard out at seven. It's seven oh two. Oh, we fucked up. You know what, guys? I we don't think this is going to so work I... out. You're firing us? Already? I don't. I didn't hire you to begin with. In fair, well, could you? Could you? I had a manager early on tell me that he would hip pocket me. <laughs> he didn't want to fully take me on. So that just means if you get a job, he'll take money exactly. for it. Exactly. Yeah. So he seems like, would you be up for me hip pocketing you? And I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea what that meant. And then, so I had to ask around town. Is that a good thing? Should I let what him hip pocket you? Just wanted to put you in this suit. You're really tiny. My manager and agent have done so much for me lately that they asked me today what my address was, and the address they had was from five years ago. No. <laughs> so there you go. Five years. No. Ago. Yeah. I want to thank you for firing us. You're a strong female character. We deserve this. I appreciate. You know what, guys? I'm going to consider it. Thank you. I'm going to hip pocket both of you. We need this. <laughs> Please. I'm on board. Well. You know what, guys? I am on board. Okay. Great. I am ready for this. We're going to work this up. I, I, I cannot thank you enough for coming on. And I'm thank also you. so excited for you. It was so nice of you to come. You thank came you. and did that video with us a few years ago for no money. You gave us a whole day. And it was so we didn't really but know I mean, each other. But you were so Muppets, nice to me. I had so much fun. And, I was such a fan of you. And it's just like you meet people and you root for them. And you're someone that I root for. And I'm so glad that... I, I hope this movie 
Regardless of how the movie does, I just hope you keep writing good, fun, interesting characters. And if you want to do stand-up, you could come to Meltdown. It's a great place to come try stand-up. I would love that. It's a safe environment, and you could just fuck I mean, around with it. Means it because he couldn't make eye contact through most of that. Yeah, that's, oh. that's how you tell. That's how you know if I means you. something. Really, like, I never knew that about myself. Oh, I know that really? about myself. See, I was looking you in the eye, so yeah, I, I, I must have known <laughs> about myself. Oh, I do. I know. Oh, oh. Matt. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Melissa Roush. I don't want to go. Is Sorry. it just Melissa Roush on Twitter? It is. It is just at Melissa Roush on Twitter and then the Melissa Roush on Instagram. Roush! Roush! That's Roush! Right. Roush Fenway That's Racing. Roush. Send us some Roush jackets. Fenway. Send us some cool reflections. Yeah, jackets. I March want a Roush jacket. Fenway. March LeBron's 18th. Melissa Roush. Also on Big Bang Theory and on Twitter. And soon uh, in your local grocery store. Coming home with a story about the circle jerk that she went through to return. That's that exactly cream. right. Guys, I have to go. The WGA is telling me to protect, protect my overscale compensation. I don't know what that means. All right. Well, All let's right. Go do that, <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, listeners, it's Will Arnett. Our podcast, Smartless, has crossed a milestone that seemed unfathomable when we started nearly four years ago as we've just released our 200th episode. Join us as we welcome that dynamic duo of hilarity, Steve Martin and Martin Short. You've seen them on screen together in The Three Amigos, Father of the Bride 1 and 2, and most recently, and Only Murders in the Building. Both are comedic geniuses in their own right, but together they are always electric. And this episode of Smartless is no exception. I don't know if I've laughed more in a single episode than this one. We discuss their career arcs both separately and as a comedy team, how they met who is more difficult to work with and what motivates them today. Is Steve a better banjo player than Marty as a singer? Find out on this bicentennial episode of Smartless. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Plus, you get to hear Sean cry. What a loser. 